boy, is this game grindy. <laughs> Is fucking grinded. Garrett, you you had the stats. What what was it? How long is it to get to? Uh... Well, they say eighty five is the midway point on like hard experience. So at eighty five, that's halfway experience, and then level one hundred. So it takes you takes you a certain amount of experience to get from level one to level eighty five, and it takes you the same amount of experience to yeah. get from eighty five to one hundred. Yep. It's fucking batshit. And I got to level 85, and I will tell you, I have five days, five hours, and 49 minutes played. Okay, so over 100 hours to get half of the experience needed yes. to get to max level. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So 200 hours to get to max level. Yep. You know what you're getting into, people. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Hidden Doors and High Scores, a podcast where three dudes talk about games. My name's Austin. I'm Chris. And I'm Garrett. And let's get into the news. Justin Wong versus Daigo. Did you guys not have phones? Yeah, you guys not have phones. Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition continues as the FTC loses an appeal case against it. Looks like the deal could be wrapping up any day now, but they just got a month extension to close, so who knows. The FBI reportedly found a missing child thanks to her appearing online using her Nintendo Switch. Sony signs a 10-year agreement with Microsoft to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. UK supermarket giant Tesco has stopped selling physical games. And most importantly, a new Gex trilogy has been announced for modern consoles and PC. Remember Gex? And that's it for the news. Thanks, Garrett. This week on Hidden Doors and High Scores, we're talking about Diablo 4. Long-awaited action RPG from Blizzard. Latest installment in the long-running Diablo series. Uh, Austin and I forced Garrett to say this was his most anticipated game <laughs> of 2023 in our year in review episode. We did. Uh, we did good. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think I get it now. I didn't get it at the time, but I think I get it now. Garrett, how, how do you feel about this game? Did it live up to your hype? I will say nothing could build to the hype that I had for it. But it is a great foundation, and we will see at the end of the year. It's not my game of the year yet, but if everything keeps going steadily in all these seasons, then we'll see if it's game right of the because year. they're going to do a season, and that like adds a bunch of new shit. And yeah, there should be two seasons by the end of the year. The first one's coming up. Yeah, it's a top-down action RPG. You pick a class, you grind levels to level up in that class diablo series has all sort of been like this but there's like a campaign but most of the game takes place once you beat the campaign which like we love a good post game here at hidden doors and high scores and uh this game is almost entirely post game i mean i, I thought the story was like pretty good i think the story is genuinely great and the cutscenes are incredible oh, yeah they Especially one blew of the me ones. away there's good yeah. cutscenes throughout the game. The, the last cutscenes near the end of yeah. the game are 
awesome. Yep. They're so, yeah. so cool. But yeah, it's like basically you play the story of this game and you're going through and uh, Lilith is the big bad guy. She's this yeah. like, she's the bad. daughter of Mephisto. And uh, also, though, she's literally the mother of all of humanity. Um <laughs> And, like, basically her and an angel fucked, and they created the human race. And, you know, she's just, like, gotten out of, uh, you know, hell prison and is doing bad stuff. So the whole campaign is, like, you trying to, like, stop her. But I think we need to talk about this right now. Yep. Hashtag Team Lilith. Hashtag Lilith team did Lilith. nothing wrong. Lilith did nothing wrong. <laughs> she really did it. She's literally <laughs> just trying to save humanity. Basically, the whole purpose of her creating humanity was, like, there should be a place and a race of people who aren't part of this like eternal fucking battle between angels and demons. They're all a bunch of assholes. They're all just trying to control everything. Like there should be a place where it's just like chill. It's funny because like the opening cinematic, you're just like, this lady is the epitome of evil. And Mm -hmm. this is what the hell is going on. All this blood and like, oh my God, I have to stop this person. They are so evil. And then like, about halfway through the campaign, I was sitting there going, you know, she's got a point. She's basically like, the the status quo right now is horrible for humanity. Yeah. And we should not put up with it. Yeah. Like, we should overthrow prime evils and kill them and over, also overthrow the heavens. And because that's the only way that humanity is going to be safe. Because right now, everyone's just like playthings for these ancient beings who are all dicks. And you like you go and meet her counterpart, angel boyfriend guy, yeah. and he's just like a huge dick the whole time. Dick. And you're like supposed to be on no his redeeming quality. No, no, not at all. all. <laughs> totally is just using humanity as a stepping stone to try and get back into heaven. Yeah, and fuck yet, that like, guy. Oh, this is exactly what Lilith is talking about. Like yep. everyone just uses humans. Fuck those people. <laughs> So I got to the end and I was really mad that you have to fight Lilith. I was like, I kind of agree with her. Yeah, I, I same. I was totally on her side. Uh, but the story is definitely, I think, like you said, the story is sort of the the precursor to the, the real game. Right. Um, but I think really what you have here is you essentially have two different games. You have one game that's like the story and just kind of progressing and, and going through the campaign and, and living all that out and just kind of leveling up and doing your normal rpg stuff it forces you to like explore the map and like learn all the mechanics and you know it's like it's a really long extended kind of tutorial for the second two-thirds of the game which is right which is like basically grinding up levels getting to like higher difficulty levels yeah and and building out a build you like for sure because min maxing not necessarily min-maxing until late game. You're really figuring out the skill tree and figuring out what style you can go into. And then the late game is for picking a style. I think since that's really the second half of the game, we should really talk about that. You can play the first half of the game and not be like into min-maxing or into <laughs> like specking your gear and doing all the shit perfectly. Like you can just enjoy this game as an action RPG. In the same way you might enjoy playing Gauntlet Legends with three of your friends or used to do that in the arcade. And at any level, you could be at a guy could be 40, almost done with the campaign. A guy could be level 10. It is seamless. And it feels like both of you are doing work. That's the craziest part about this game. Yes. Not only did they make this game fully cross-play, so you can play with your friends on any system and it's totally seamless. We tried it out. It's great. It doesn't matter what levels you're at. If you join together in the same game, essentially each of you will see the same world, the same bad guys, 
but you'll see them at different levels. And so the damage that you're doing is like proportional to your level. While everyone's level in that like one to 60 range. You're all going to be like, feel like you're doing, you're helping. It was crazy. Uh, which is weird. I, I jumped on this game like, I don't know, probably a week after everybody. So I was 20, 30 levels behind and immediately felt like I was contributing. Yeah. Which was crazy. And you're just like, wait, what? What do these yeah. levels mean if we're all like helping kill the same boss? Yeah. Like, they, yeah, they, the game just sort of auto balances it so that each of you is doing work. It's, uh, it's really cool, honestly. I am, I'm very impressed by that just yeah, by too. itself. It means that you can play with your friends without having to be like, oh, I guess I'll start a new character so mm-hmm. we can be the same level. Like, no, doesn't matter. It's yeah. great. I did really like the boss mechanics in both the campaign and the strongholds, and they each have a cool boss at the end. I was upset that in the late game, they didn't just bring a harder version of that over. There is no harder version to strongholds or the bosses of the game, like on Dariel or Duriel, but... I can see them putting that in the future as like a way to get to the next difficulty level, like the capstone dungeons. Yeah. I was going to say the capstone dungeons like kind of is that, but there's not, but there's two, I mean, bo- there's, there's two capstone dungeons. I was going to say so there's, there's one at level 50 bosses. and one at level 70. And then, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, like if you're kind of really specking into stuff, like, a little maybe a little earlier than you should do i took down the level 70 capstone dungeon at about level 55 it's not that hard if you're if you're built into it you yeah. should have no problem with it i will say in terms of like getting a build uh the way you want it and even sort of during gameplay i did not feel like this game did a very good job of tutorialing things um mm-hmm. i didn't I think it does a very poor job of that. I think if you have never played a Diablo game before and you are trying to navigate this yourself, you are not going to know what the fuck like and pulling an aspect out of a legendary does yeah. for you or why you or whether you should upgrade your gear as you're playing the game and like whether you should salvage stuff or sell stuff. Like there's so they much need to be clear game. on on certain things that are un unfixable uh, like undoing an aspect and putting it on a gear you can now no longer put any aspects on that gear or take it out right. so if you find something perfect you got to think about that and they don't tell you so you no. just have to figure it out on your own and it becomes a very expensive mistake yeah yeah which is really shitty while you're trying to learn this game so unfortunately I, I think they did a really bad job of that and so i think if you're getting in um to this game i think it's really beneficial to honestly like watch some youtube videos or read some guides or just play with somebody who's been playing because it's very easy to explain this stuff as you go for sure um, with somebody who knows what they're doing. And thank you, Garrett, for knowing what you're doing. But I felt very, very lost personally until I heard explanations of what all this stuff meant. I know I had no clue what was going on and then I played for, with Steve for 10 minutes and I was like, oh, I'm an expert now. <laughs> well, yeah. And even like when you beat the first capstone dungeon and you start finding sacred items and you're yeah. like, what, what is, is yeah. what does that mean? Mm-hmm, like yeah. it just uh, suddenly you find items and they have sacred in parentheses and you're like i don't does that mean they do holy damage like does that <laughs> yeah r- i just have no idea and like uh spoiler it's just like they are slightly higher they have higher ranges for their abilities so if a basic thing might give you between 10 and 50 you know armor then a sacred thing might give you between like 30 and 80 
I will say the capstone dungeon going into nightmare mode. Uh, there's so the game really opens up. There's so much to do because now you can do nightmare dungeons. You can do the tree of whispers. Uh, you can what else? You, you can do uh, you do the hell tides. There's the new capstone dungeon for level seventy. Uh, you bosses. can find ancestral items, world bosses. Yeah. What happens when you come to torment? You can fight Uber Lilith, and there's new items, the sacred items, which is the same thing as ancestral items. That yeah. is it. Yeah, I did not feel like it was a pretty... I felt like it was a really cool upgrade to level 3. I felt like it was a really shitty upgrade to level 4. Yeah. World, world tier 3 mm -hmm. and 4, yeah. sorry. And I, I think what the plan there is, is each season adding a new thing. Like, with the new season, there is a new zone kind of like nightmare dungeons where you get a thing that further increases your character cool and i think the more that that gets added in the game i think it'll be more fun but it's not there at the base game so it is really lackluster once you get to torment especially with how far you have to grind after you get to torment to get yeah to let, level let's max. talk about the grind a little bit let's talk about what you're doing post game in terms of like getting a build together and stuff because i think that is the sort of second game that is contained in this that honestly is not going to be for everybody um mm -hmm. i think a lot of people are very going to be very happy playing the campaign and then be like why like i don't care about min maxing every little thing to get the perfect amazing character build yeah um but some people, that's the whole draw of this game, right? Uh, yeah. Is that like getting just constantly doing that loot hoarding and trying to get the perfect item with the perfect rolls on everything and customizing it for your build. And at level 50, you get a Paragon board, which is basically a new skill tree that is massive. Um, so crazy. It's where all the damage in the entire game yeah. comes from, at least for my yeah. build. Uh, no, and, it's for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And it, there's so much uh, potential to the Paragon board that anyone's Paragon board is going to be different. There, there's so many different ways, and there's no like absolutely strongest way that you should do it. I don't care what any guide tells you. There is absolutely not. You can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah, I totally agree. And and yeah, so we should explain this. So like during the game, when you're doing the campaign and you're initially leveling up, you have a pretty straightforward RPG skill tree. You have big nodes that you unlock and those will have a constellation of like four or five different abilities. And each of those abilities you can sort of spec out and get little like sub abilities as part of them or like passive bonuses and you sort of work your way down that skill tree until you get to the end and you get like an ultimate ability that all feels very normal like a normal rpg and then you get to level 50 and you unlock a whole new set of things that they were talking about just the paragon board which is like you're creating like a path through this big grid of abilities yeah. and like they're not like leveling up your your ultimate ability it's just like you have plus five strength now yep. like very broadly applicable things except that there's also these things on the board uh that are the spots glyphs. where you put a glyph and you don't get those until later in the game but then those will have an ability that is like more class specific um, and more tailored toward a particular build. And it'll be like, all your ice abilities have an extra 5% chance of doing critical damage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it'll be like that for every square Dex of a particular type yeah. within a particular area around the glyph. 
And so there's just... that, and you can level up the glyph, so yeah. you're getting more damage from that. It's so just, it just wild. This... And then even after you complete your Paragon board and you've got your glyph all maxed out and you're all stoked about it, then you go to like a point and then you attach a whole new board. Well, yeah. yeah. When, when it's hilarious the first time you get there because you click at the end of the board, you're like, oh, I finished it. And it's like, here's seven boards to choose from. Yep. That's not enough co- uh, customization. Go ahead and flip that board sideways. Wait, you want to flip it again and have it the perfect path for you? Okay, you can do that. And connect the next board, whichever side you want. Yes, yeah, so you're creating this like. In addition to Maze. this grid that you build on your one board, you're building like a Uber grid outside of that with a bunch of grids <laughs> all connected together by yeah. this one crazy path that you're trying to be as efficient as possible, getting every possible node to like help your oh, build. Fuck efficiency! Is that I was already at that point thinking about like a late not necessarily end game but like late game build and so i basically only took two stats but Mm -hmm. took every single one of them on the first board willpower and intelligence because willpower Uh recharges your mana faster Mm -hmm. as a sorcerer and then intelligence is basically how you do more damage as a sorcerer and so i just took every single willpower and intelligence node on the paragon (laughs) board then added a second one then did that again I will say, though, you're missing out because every board has its own legendary aspect and that can change up your build. Um, What do you guys think of the Paragon board system? Because I don't think there's much to say about the regular level up system. I thought the Paragon board system is fascinating and it's so deep that I I don't, like Garrett said, I don't know. I don't believe that any guide has it figured Mm -hmm. out for perfect efficiency. Like there's so many options and so many beautiful things you can do. But you can also feel like you're being crazy efficient because yeah. every every level you level the Paragon up four times. So you get four more points. So you just build into a node that you want and then you start building towards another node and you're like, wait, if I sell off all this branching path, I can get to the next good thing that I want to get to. And it's really fun to be as efficient as possible with that and trying yeah. to be the best at your level. Yeah, I mean, I love the Paragon board. Like, I didn't feel like the Sorcerer base skill tree was super deep or complicated. It was kind of just like, here are two abilities of each element type at each kind of like major mm-hmm. node. And if you're doing what I did and only playing a single element, it's like, okay, well, you just pick one of those and then you get to the end really quickly. And then I feel like if they hadn't put the Paragon boards in, it would have just been like, okay, what's the point of leveling up now? Like, what am I even doing at this point? They needed to have something that was like, this is, there's a reason you're doing this. You are tangibly getting better as you're leveling up. You're not just getting experience for the hell of it, just to make the number next to your level go higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it gives you something. And the like what Garrett mentioned, like getting four points per level instead of one point per level just makes you, it just makes it feel a lot better. Yeah, and it and it takes away some of that grind. Like yeah. it takes away it makes the grind feel less grindy because you're constantly getting little buffs something yeah. away. Yeah. And like you're leveling a glyph and that's a separate experience bar and then you're also leveling your level so you always feel like you're incrementally getting something. Yes. Which is nice. But again, Jesus Christ, if you did not have somebody explaining to you like how to level up glyphs and yeah. what they do like ugh. There's a lot to keep track of in this game, and that's even after you've learned it all. Yeah. So there's five classes in this game. Uh, Sorcerer, Druid, Rogue, 
uh, Necromancer, and Barbarian. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And they all have their own shticks. I don't think at the end of the day, I don't think any of them play drastically differently. At the end of the day, you're playing an action RPG. They definitely have cool different abilities and they all look really great. I mean, I think they play different in the sense of like, whether you're going to be a ranged character or a melee character is kind of slightly different, I guess, yeah, in, your, in your interaction in like actual combat. But no, it's not any different in the fact that like, I go to a location, I stand in one place and press two buttons as fast as I possibly can (laughs) and then try to avoid damage if I, you know, if I think that it's going to get through my barrier, which it never does anymore. And like, I don't know, if I were playing like a rogue or a barbarian, it's like, yeah, you're just chasing down enemies and smashing a button as fast as you can. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. I mean, when we were playing with the Barb, it was kind of fun uh, where it would be a bleed build and we'd see a guy's potentially oh, yeah. dead and we're like, move on, he's dead. Yeah. So like you build up the bleed bar and it would show them die, but they're going to die in a while. So we just move on. Yeah. And that's a fun that way cool. to fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, every, don't get me wrong. Every class has like different abilities. Like sorcerers can like freeze people and like the druid can like bring up entangling roots and call down lightning strikes from the sky. Like it's all very thematic. It's all very, very cool. Um, but I would say don't worry too much about the character class you build. They're all fun and they all have, Mm-hmm. many multiple different builds that are viable yeah. at every level it's very well balanced i mean obviously there's the standouts for each class but like you're talking about end game end game when people are trying to balance those numbers if you're yeah. talking about like anywhere 80 or below everything is viable and play whatever you equal. whatever yeah. sounds fun I don't know. The times I've felt worse in this game is when I'm playing by myself like playing in a group my character's great because mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just less pressure. Like, yeah, everybody's do... kind of doing their own thing and you, you're all contributing and like, yeah, somebody might be able to take the aggro off you or For sure. Yeah. Which is great as a sorcerer glass cannon type. Like I don't have a lot of defense. Well, I do now, but like I didn't. And like, it's great for me to be able to stand back and shoot things with ice so that they freeze so that my friends can go hit them and do more damage. I've never felt more powerful than when I was playing with, a group of people. Oh, yeah. Or even, not Team even a group, play in this like game. One other person yeah. is the way to play. If you are going to level, try to find a team, and it is just you so also much fun. get extra XP while you're yeah. with the group. Yeah. So just it's always better. It's designed. <laughs> the whole game is designed to be played as a group. You should absolutely play it with your friends. It is way more fun. I was playing some of this game by myself, and I was like, this is not fun or interesting. Honestly, it's like so mindless. Like you just like put on a podcast or something mm-hmm. like just to mm-hmm. keep yourself interested. You're playing with a group. You are just smashing shit together. You're all showing off each other's cool moves and you're just killing these bosses and like I, everything's so much faster and so much more fun. I do think it's funny though, that you can skip cutscenes and be fighting a boss uh, while your friends are still oh, watching. Still the cutscene. Standing there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I really didn't like that. I think that's so funny. I don't like that. It's a thing you can do, but I did think it was hilarious, especially when I was like pretty low level and first starting out. And all you guys were like, Oh, we'll help jump in your game and like speed you through the campaign or whatever. And then I'm like trying to watch this cutscene to understand the story. And you guys have already killed the boss by the time yeah. the cutscene is over. <laughs> you get out, like, get out of the cutscene. It's like, treasure. here's a treasure chest. Congratulations. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I still don't know what one of the bosses looks even looks like because <laughs> you guys killed it so fast. Yeah, that is that is kind of a weird part of this game. Um, also, yeah, if you're playing with 
friends. Uh, yeah, it is possible that they can like talk to somebody and essentially skip the cutscene or like before you get to conversation yeah. before you see it. So like, if you're playing with other people, just know you may lose out on some story bits if they're trying to like speed through it, which is kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, if you care about the story, I think the story is worth being cared about. To be honest, I think the story I think is so good. Too. I don't think the characters are particularly like noteworthy or interesting, but I think the the overall plot is interesting enough that it's worth paying attention to. Yeah, but I would also like gladly start over a new character and just replay the whole campaign again. Like, well, yeah. and that's the great thing about seasons. They seasons. add a bunch of story stuff like they add more to the campaign. They're continuing on. Yeah, right. So like when Which the new really season neat. starts, you basically start a new character, you play through the campaign again, but there's like more stuff and there'll be like a bunch of unique stuff. Mm-hmm. Like what do you guys think about graphics, art style, that kind of stuff? I think the graphics are pretty incredible. If you really zoom in, you can see all the footsteps in the snow. All the blood is slowly covering my barbarian, getting more and more red. Uh, I think the whole world was just pretty creepy and well designed as a really hellish place i think they did a really good job of that um i don't think the overworld is particularly interesting in its design but all the dungeons are the dungeon art is like the stuff just on the sides of the path that you're going all the creepy limbs and like i don't know yeah rivers (laughs) of blood and spider webs and all that kind of shit that stuff is really cool the overworld Okay, I I agree with that. The overworld's whatever. The insides of a lot of like the story dungeons are, I thought, were very cool. And I like um, most of yeah. the towns as well. Most of the towns seemed like unique. The bigger, the bigger, hubs the bigger hubs feel yeah. kind of have unique. A, a unique art style, and yeah, those are cool. Right. Uh, I I think it's interesting. I know that um, one of the things in this game that they tried to do to sort of break with some of the other Diablo stuff, Diablo has always had some like silly cartoony kind of shit in it. And in this game, like, I guess like one of the design philosophies was embrace the darkness Mm -hmm. uh, was like the phrase that they told the design team. So it was very much like, yeah, we're going to take this game. Like this game is going to be more serious and dark and gritty and gross and horrifying than previous ones and i think they did a good job of that i mean right at the start of the game you help out this cult and then they kill you and try to sacrifice you yep (laughs) yep great start to the game (laughs) yeah um should we talk briefly about pvp have any of you guys done a lot of pvp i've done no Uh, pvp I built a barb specifically for PvP because thorns actually works in this game. And Ah. when people hit you, they die. It's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Awesome. But the whole idea of PvP is you're basically killing mobs around an area and you uh, get this kind of resource and you have to drop them off. It's like one specific area of the map that is the PvP area. As soon as you hit to drop it, there's a timer that comes up and alerts everyone that someone's dropping off something. So you have to just stay alive, and now it is pretty damn hard to stay alive. Before, when everyone was leveling, you could kind of sneak by and maybe someone would come, but it was pretty rare. Now, about 15 people come. (laughs) Oh my god. It is almost impossible. And you drop the thing and other people can pick it up and try to kill each other. It's it's hilarious. Yes, I was going to say, is it basically 15 on one then? No, it's it's free for all. You try to pick up and attack. <laughs> it's a God, chaos. It's chaos. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, but it's fun. Uh, yeah, it seems like more like tanky and thorny builds would do better there then. Yes, but also if my source is pretty good because you can build like all shields and have your one damage output. So basically you time it whenever they're about to do their big attacks, just shield, shield, and you're just like slowly getting them down. Got and it. So I think there's a lot of viable builds there. I'd try it out because I think everyone whenever you go to it, it's everyone around your level. You're not going to be fighting a level 70 when you're level 20. Right. You'll fight a yeah. bunch of level 20s. So I yeah. I would try it out. Cool. Uh, any nits to pick? I mean, we've c- complained about a few things in this game. Does anybody have a little, uh, little the shit? The horse riding about? is god awful. God yeah. damn that horse it riding. It does not work very well. <laughs> no. I mean, it's great. It still gets you there faster. But it's like, true. It gets you so there So often, the horse just will, like, stop. And you're like, why? What? What is the walls Or you'll hit, like, the gallop button, and it'll just, like, it'll, like, do the animation, but just, like, not go any faster. And you're like, what? What is happening? Um, I, I think just like, yeah, one, this game's pretty grindy and two, I think the dungeons are like pretty repetitive and I don't think a lot of like the small dungeon design is particularly interesting. No. They're basically all the same. Uh, should we talk about the music? Yeah, let's talk about the music. There are 47 tracks on the official Diablo 4 soundtrack. Two hours and 47 minutes of music. Two main composers, a guy named Ted Reedy. He contributed music to Dragon Age Inquisition, Vikings, the TV show, Rain, the TV show, the one about Mary Queen of Scots, the video game Anthem that came out a couple years ago. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, and, I do. Oh, I remember. It. I remember <laughs> the start of the very garden bad. so bright for about a week. <laughs> um, and like one of the Maze Runner sequels. So this guy is like kind of all over the place. And then the other person who was like the lead guy was um, a guy named Leo Kaliski. And he's sort of an in-house Blizzard guy. He um, contributed a lot to like WoW and Warcraft 2 and 3. And he's done some movie and TV stuff, but he's just like been with Blizzard forever and ever and ever. Just like does stuff and as far as i could tell this is like his first like lead composing deal the music in diablo 4 was clearly designed to fit like the visual aesthetic which like you know that's you can say that a lot about a lot of video games but this one in particular because what you were mentioning mentioning early about earlier about the like embrace the darkness kind of art style that's what i feel like was the driving force behind the sound design in this game as well. Um, it's all kind of discordant and creepy. I don't know. Nothing I'd call like a song really in the game, except for the campaign boss fights all yeah. have songs. And those are far and away the best part of this game. Uh, the soundtrack to this game, they're incredible, particularly the Lilith boss fight at the end of the campaign. They actually got Halsey to record a version of that as well. Um, It's just so, but it's not on the official soundtrack. But if you go to like, if you look up Halsey on Spotify, it's like under her singles releases. It's just called Lilith and it's fucking sick. I'm Uh, absolutely going to go listen to that right now. Yeah. yeah, I thought the Lilith boss fight, the soundtrack was badass. Yeah. um, I will say that 
to be honest, during a lot of the game, I didn't really notice the soundtrack. And that may have just been like when I get into boss fights or not boss fights, but just like mostly like crowd fights, to be honest, like crawling through dungeons or exploring the overworld. It kind of just turns into chaos and there's like a lot there's a lot of sound effects happening there's sound effects from your abilities there's sound effects from the monsters from monsters dying from monsters being hit from them attacking from all kinds of things and i just never really noticed the sound outside of the cinematics and the boss fights yeah totally agree the visual aesthetic is clearly the the main art form of this game and the sound kind of takes a backseat yeah man during those boss fights and the cinematics too. I mean, the cinematics had there's um, God, I just like spoiler alert, but the part where the church invades hell and there's yeah. like is basically just the charge of the light brigade kind of deal is some of the most like epic swelling orchestral, just awesome movements. What it does in that cutscene is really cool is that it like cuts back and forth between the chaos outside from all the minions and then like inside the cave with the two gods basically and it gets really quiet and it goes really loud and they're really quiet and they're really loud yeah that was really cool that was again one of the only times i actually noticed the music in the game but again go listen to the halsey lilith song it's fucking great featuring sugar and bts yeah yeah, yeah. it's got oh, bts on okay, it too dog what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah dude i know holy shit all right uh you guys ready to do some final thoughts yep all right. I've, I've said, I think, most that I need to say about this game. I think this game is 100% worth full price if you have a couple friends to play it with. Even if you're just going to play the campaign, uh, you know, you can definitely get 40, 50 hours out of that and some side questing and, and some character building and totally enjoy yourself for 60 bucks with your friends. You're going to have a great time. If you're really into the creating a, a deep build and trying to min-max shit, you will get way more than your money's worth out of this game. You'll you'll be able to play this game for hundreds of hours uh, making that uh, work for you. Yeah, really the only way I wouldn't recommend it is if you're, you're generally a solo gamer. I, re- I really enjoyed my time through the campaign of this game, and I think I'm going to keep playing it, and I'm very excited for the seasons to come out. You know, there, there's little nits to pick here and there. It's a little grindy, but it's a good game. It, it's fun as fuck with your friends. Uh, I think they did a fantastic job. This is a great base to what they're going to build as a giant action RPG. I think it feels really good, much more than Diablo 3, of finding new items and incorporating your build into that item. Like with the different legendary aspects, I think before in Diablo 3, there was these uniques that you would go for or set items, and that was all you went for. In this game, it is very viable to kind of switch things out and min-max, and not necessarily there is a perfect build. Like if you look at the guides online, there is just debates between people of like, no, you're completely wrong. This build is better. Like, I think they did a fantastic job balancing this game and making it feel like your own build when you build a character. And I'm excited to see what they do with season one. But yeah, highly recommend, definitely recommend this game. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. I do think the game is good enough. Like, I think the story is good enough. The campaign is good enough to play on your own. 
if you're like particularly interested in action RPGs, the game is way better with people. The only reason I'm still having fun with it is because my friends are still playing and I'm playing with them. Like once you beat the campaign, there's no reason to play solo anymore. But again, like I think it'd be fun to go back and play the campaign solo as a different class. Like I beat it as a sorcerer. Like it'd be cool to do it as a necromancer. It'd be a completely different experience, you know? So there is some replay value and I, and I think that's worth it if you're like particularly interested in the genre, but find some people come on our discord, play with us. We'll play with you. We obviously all love this game. I don't quite want to say game of the year yet, but I've liked this a lot more than anything else I've played so far this year. Better than wow. Tears of the Kingdom? More than Tears? I think I do. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. I th- that I've, is high praise. I've looked forward to like coming home from work and turning this on in a way that like was similar to Elden Ring last year and and <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. I don't think it did that for me. Not not as much. Not as much as this did. Damn. High praise. I we'll see. It. I'm not quite I'm not quite willing to call it game of the year yet, but yeah. But yeah, this is what a, I, this has, what a year for games. I'm going to say this I know, every right? episode, but every what time. a year for games. <laughs> um, this has this, Diablo 4 surpassed all expectations for me. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here at Hidden Doors and High Scores. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Austin. I'm Garrett. I'm Chris. You can find us at HDHS Gaming on all the social media platforms. Make sure to check us out on Twitch to see what we're playing and talking about. Like I just said, come and join us on Discord. Um, We hang out there and play games every night. We're always happy to have more gamers on the server. All those links will be in the show notes for this episode. Lastly, if you like this podcast, tell a friend, give us a rating. Both of those really help us out, and we we would really appreciate it. See ya. Bye-bye. Lilith did nothing wrong. (laughs) 5%. 